Hello and welcome to More Than A Mum, a podcast for women who love being a mum but want more for themselves too. I'm your host, Rosalind Oxer, a gentle productivity coach, a mum of one, passionate about women creating lives that they love. Each week I'll be sharing actionable tips and strategies about mum life, gentle productivity, taking care of yourself and getting more out of life. This week's episode is all about the ways that we can feel stuck and what we can do about that. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, welcome back. I'm really happy to be here. Um, I've kind of missed this. It feels ages since I've recorded anything. I did a bit of a batch, um, I say batch cook, not batch cooking, batch record. Um, So it's a while since I recorded anything for season one but I've been really enjoying working on other stuff as well. That's why I decided I wanted to do seasons, by the way, rather than just weekly forevermore. That can seem really daunting when we start something, not not just something like a podcast, something like a new habit, to feel as though I've got to show up and do this daily or weekly forever, and that can really put us off before we get started. And that's just not necessary, really. Um, it's good to have some structure and some goals, but not if it's going to put you off. So I left it open um, when I was going to come back. And I know I'd said mid-September um, in the last episode, but then I've been really busy with other things and I'm working on the group program that I've just launched. So I wasn't quite sure when I was going to want to show up here, have the time and the energy and to give it the attention it needs. But here we are, I'm back, and it feels really, really good, so I'm taking that as a good sign. And I've had lots of really nice messages lately um, from you getting caught up on season one, so welcome if you are new to More Than A Mum, if you've recently got into it and you've been listening to the back episodes, the season two is here and you're going to have some more to listen to, and I hope it continues to serve you. So I hope you've had a good summer as well, actually, before I, I dive in. To today's episode um yeah we've we've not chatted to each other for the last month or so and 2020 obviously consider, continues to be really quite a different sort of a year we've um been in the U- we've been in spain and we haven't gone back to the uk at all which is so different for us and we are we've got family with us now for the first time which is incredible um just such a relief I can't even tell you Um, but we've had some really nice family time here in Spain although I'm very ready for it to cool down I was wondering the other day why I was getting so grumpy about the heat and I realized that we always spend two or three weeks in the UK where sometimes yeah we get some hot days but generally we get a bit of a break from the heat Um, and of course we've been here all summer so it's felt like a very long one and I like it warm and sunny but I'm very ready to wear something other than my summer clothes which all look very tatty at this point um I wear and wear and wear my clothes until they're on their last legs and I think this year pretty much everything is on its last legs um but yeah I'm ready for a fresh start seasonally in terms of clothes and in terms of what we do with our time it's always easier here as the weather cools and we go into our winter to get outside and do more um, freely and enjoyably, which um, is obviously quite different to if you're, say, living in the UK. But I know it was very much the case as well when we lived in Qatar. Um, 
I'm going to talk about living in Qatar in a minute. Um, when when you have hot temperatures, like unbearably hot in the summer, the, yeah, the winter is actually the time when things come alive. So yeah, I'm very much feeling on the cusp with things. Max has gone back to nursery. He's loving that. I've got more time to work and I'm loving that combo. So yeah, I love this time of year. Let me know um, how you feel about it. It's, it's my favourite, although I do miss a British autumn. I would say autumn's my favourite season, but we don't really get it here. So yeah, I'm holding, I'm always holding out for things at this time of year that don't exactly happen. And I get a bit envious of all your Instagram stories of, you know, cooler evenings and being like snuggled up and stuff. That will come in time here, but it'll take a while. And um, yeah, in the meantime, I'll just have to put my berry coloured lipstick on and pretend that it's chilly and autumnal here, won't I? <laughs> so like I say, uh, today's episode is about... So like I say, today's episode is going to be about times that we feel stuck and what we can do to start changing that situation. It's really easy to stay in that funk of that stuck place. Um, I mean, I've been there quite a few times. I, you know, when I'm talking about being stuck, I'll give you some examples. Um, Career-wise, so before I do what I do now, um, I went to university and I studied law and I followed that path. I had a gap year straight out of my undergrad, but then I went back and did my legal practice course and then straight into a training contract after that. And as my mum pointed out at the time, it may have been that it was the firm that I worked at for the training contract who I don't think did a very good job of putting me through that and really training me that I didn't like. And I could have gone elsewhere with my qualification and, you know, seen if it was going to be better somewhere else. But I just had this gut feeling that it wasn't for me. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, it wasn't just the company, the the firm, it, it was the law as well. I'd not got what I thought I was going to get out of it as a career and that's six years of training if you count the undergrad degree but I, I felt so miserable um I honestly cried just about every day after work um to my then boyfriend and just oh it, it wasn't a fun time at all and I don't know I suppose looking back I'm I'm proud of myself for getting to the point where I kind of achieved that thing in a way but a bigger part of me does does kind of wish that I mean how old would I have been there I was mid-20s it must be about 10 years ago now that I was nine years ago maybe I was finishing up I kind of wish I had then at like 26 whatever the 24 yeah between 24 and 26 sorry I'm just figuring it out I think that's when I did my training contract and I wish I knew then what I know now isn't that always the way? <laughs> um, life isn't meant to be lived like that, to come home from work every day and cry and just dread going into work the following day. Um, we lived in a small town, um, Chesterfield, that's where I was working. And I hated even going into town at the weekend to shop and have food because it was close to you know, the offices and it always just felt too close. Like I was gonna see some from, someone from work and that would be reminding me of it or you know I would think about the offices and it was just a miserable time and I felt quite stuck though because I'd invested so much time and money to get to that point 
um, of qualifying. So it took me quite a long time to come to the decision that I would hand in my notice so that my final day would be the day I finished my training contract. So just as a side note, technically, yes, I am a qualified non-practicing solicitor, but I haven't gone near the law since. I literally, the night I finished at the office, we packed up and moved to another city and that was me like get out of dodge style just go 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 didn't look back and very grateful um very grateful that I moved on from that point in my life um I met some really fabulous people during my studies um who you know I still consider to be really close friends and I loved bits but yeah that's definitely um the people with the highlight and the low light so <laughs> I'm glad that I realised that that dreading doing what I was doing wasn't a good sign at all, even though it did take me some time. Um, I think then I went into teaching and I only did my um, my, tr- my initial training year because I'd already got a degree, of course. So I did a one year course. I can't even remember what it was called. Some kind of like, you know, graduate year Um, And it was paid, which was great because I was still paying off, you know, what I'd done in law. So needed some money coming in. And that was the year I met my my husband, Rich. So after I finished that year, we came to Spain and I really enjoyed that. But then he was headhunted for a job that we just couldn't turn down in Qatar. And I kind of went kicking and screaming, if I'm completely honest. I knew I wanted to stay at the school I was at in Spain. I was really enjoying it. Um and it was just going to be complicated you know as an unmarried couple we couldn't live together and things so it was it definitely wasn't a lifestyle I was wanting to go into and I was wanting to swap this amazing Spanish lifestyle that I just discovered I loved for that so I suppose my mindset wasn't the best to begin with I'm going to be completely honest with that and that was something I struggled with throughout um but that was probably the most stuck I've ever felt in life because the employment system there, I'm not entirely sure if it's the same now, I will say that, but at the time, um, it was a system where you were sponsored by your employer and so they had quite a lot of control um, over what you did and didn't do and that was kind of, you know, always kind of hanging over you, like, if you if you put a foot out of line in quite minor ways I think it was pointed out to us then you will be straight on the next plane home and at times I was like that sounds amazing like if I just break a rule someone's going to send me home for free (laughs) that's how much I didn't want to be there but the difficulty was as an unmarried couple um, and I was being sponsored by school if I did leave that job you either had to get you had to get permission from your employer to change roles and we were told like to go to another job we were always told we couldn't get that permission um or leave the country for at least two years before coming back and working in a different country so with my husband there boyfriend at the time in a job that he loved he got a lot of money from I felt so stuck and I think that now I've developed the ability because of this situation to see options as options even when you don't like them back then I think I was I don't know quite immature really in that I would 
kind of kick and scream like, but I can't do anything about it, I've got no other option. But there were options. In hindsight, I could have left the country and gone and done, um, like finished off my training, my NQT year, for example, I could have gone to the UK and done that and we could have just hopefully made it work or um, we could have, well, we could have got married, but that wasn't on the cards. <laughs> We'd only been together a not even two years when we first moved to Qatar so it was just it was just a bit too early for us but anyway there were options even though I didn't like them but I really refused basically to see them as options and again similarly to that time when I was in law and I hated it you know I I got that first year in particular um I really just like cried every day um absolutely hated it tried to um to do really nice things in uh, well afternoons more than evenings because the school day is so early um there that you know we always always asleep by nine o'clock to get up at five um that was my first taste of early bird life i couldn't i really struggled with that in the beginning whereas now i'm much more inclined that way um but there were there were there were great things that you could you know, spend your time and money doing um, outside of work. But again, it really clouded my enjoyment because of how much I absolutely hated what I was doing during the day. And the money was pretty good um, because it's a tax-free salary and rent and bills were like paid on top of that. So it enabled me to you know, pay off credit card debt I had when I came into the role and then to save... Um, for our wedding which because we got engaged half the end of the first year so that changed my mindset I thought right okay I'm going to come back I'm going to do the second year I'm going to save as much as possible um and that made it a lot easier I felt more in control at that point but yeah that first year again looking back on it I suppose I wish that I'd had a different mindset that I had um I'd known more about the idea of you know change what you can change and then accept what you can't because the system was something I was always really annoyed by it just made no sense to me um like down to the fact that so again on a side note you know me and my side notes my tangents it always really frustrated me to to leave the country you had to get permission from your employer um which I at times like for example my granny was really ill at one point and I remember there were always stories of people who like my colleagues who had needed like in the past and people talked about needed to get back to the UK but hadn't been able to get hold of the right person to give the permission you know if it was in the night or at the weekends if some kind of emergency had happened so that always worried me but the thing I think that annoyed me about it most was that you had to fill in a form to get signed off by our employer and it, I mean, it was a nominal fee I think it was something like 10 reals which was about two pounds but we had to pay to get the permission to leave the country, which just, I don't know, compared to living in the West just seemed crazy to me. I just, um, I couldn't get my head around that at all. So, and there are times now, like job-wise, I don't feel stuck now. Job-wise, I feel, I think the complete opposite sometimes. There's too many choices. There's too many options. I can do anything and what do I do? Um, as somebody like on my own um, that can be that can that be its own challenge but I I think the things that now make me feel the most stuck are my health and parenting Um, parenting and finding that balance between 
nursery days, time at home, time the three of us, time for myself, for Rich and Max to be together, time for Rich for me and Max to be together. Do you know what I mean? All the different combinations. And I feel sometimes quite limited. There are things I would still like to do myself that don't involve either of them. And that brings up some of the the mum guilt, but particularly around the feeling stuck side of that, in that I want to do things that are going to have to wait a bit, or I'm going to have to, you know, really try and organise, because naturally, of course, Max comes first in terms of, I've talked before about making myself a priority, but Max is sort of general he needs to be looked after he needs to be provided for someone's got to be with him if I you know have plans that I would still like to carry out myself so that can be difficult and health wise having a chronic illness means that I very much at times feel beholden to it and stuck and frustrated that I can't do as much as I would like physically stuck physically unable to stay awake to move in the way I want to to go as many places as I'd like to. The main the main thing remains that I can't really go out all day like I used to be able to. Even on a good day, I can go out for a few hours and then I will need plenty of time to sit down or lie, ideally lie down and rest. So, you know, day trips have become really, really hard because, you know, I can't guarantee I'm gonna be able to put my feet up somewhere and get comfortable. Um, which, yeah, I, I used to be able to, like a lot of people can, kind of, you know, go out in the morning and not come back till the evening and not worry about where I was going to be as long as I was fed and, you know, a bit of a sit down at some point. Um, so depending on my mindset, I can feel very stuck with that, stuck with the situation and stuck unable to do the things I would ideally like to do. Um, but, you know, no. It, go, it comes and goes day to day. Um, today's an all right day health-wise, pretty average. And I feel great. I feel happy. My mindset is really good. But, um, you know, especially this year with so much uncertainty going on and so many things changing quickly, um, my mindset can easily be knocked. And that very quickly makes me hone in and focus on the negative aspects of my health. That's one thing that I've realised this year. Um, I need to keep an eye on and give myself regular pep talks on. Um, and I think the thing that all these like examples I've given you for my own sort of stuckness have in common, it, it's very easy for me to dwell on those negatives, as I say, think that I haven't got options, spend a lot of time and energy moaning. <laughs> like I, I come back to the idea of acceptance over and over and over it's not a natural thing for me at all I I I wouldn't say I want to be a moaner (laughs) I really really don't um but I verbalize when I'm frustrated I don't very quickly get to that point of it is what it is although I've said that in the last six months or so many 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 times um but I feel like to get to that point, I naturally need to have my moments of rah, 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 you know, this is so unfair and oh my God, it's just frustrating and everything changes to verbally get all that out, which again requires a lot of energy. Um, it's not an ideal situation. 
Um, but yeah, I don't naturally find myself in that place of acceptance. And that's okay. I will say I'm not going to force it because when when we say, oh, it's fine, it is what it is, and don't truly mean it and feel it because we're actually stuffing down all those feelings of, oh my God, this is so hard and I don't know what to do. If we're pushing that down, stuffing that away, pretending it's not happening, that I don't think is any better than talking it through, working it through and getting to that point of, okay, it is what it is naturally and genuinely even if that takes longer it's better to take a little bit longer and work it through than it is to try and stuff it down and pretend it's not happening especially for longer term things like covid this year um the situation keeps changing and across the winter i'm sure we're going to face challenges again in terms of you know restrictions and rules Um, in a way that we really couldn't imagine back in the spring. You know, it was spring, early spring when this really started. So we've gone from spring into summer and now we're going into autumn. Um, And I think, again, that is, there's a stuckness that comes with that. Like, oh gosh, we're into a whole new chunk of the year and we're still in this situation. Particularly because there's a lot related to this year that we cannot change. So acceptance would be ideal. But then it's, it's affecting us in ways that we, and for lengths of time, that we couldn't have possibly imagined. We've not been through this before, and it's completely natural to be finding it very difficult. Um, so, like I suppose what I'm trying to say is, it's okay if that doesn't come easily to you. I know some. I know people who, I think it does come easily to, and I know people who I think try and make that pro try and cut out the process and just get to that point of I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine straight away but I don't think they are and I don't think that saying that makes it so so I think we have to to be honest with ourselves and to clue into how it truly feels to be able to get to that that point of acceptance and like I say it's okay for it to be a practice I'm not judging myself for this um you know, I will have many wobbles and I will consciously say, okay, come on, we can, we can do this. Give myself a little pep talk. It's going to be okay. But right now I understand you're not feeling okay about it. So that's normal. Let's, let's see what we can do. Throw all the self-care at the situation. Talk with people I really trust um, to help me out of that feeling of being stuck because you don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to figure everything out on your own, whether that's like I was talking about the health side of feeling stuck or job side, you know, should I should I retrain? Should I move country? You know, our gut instinct is really important. Um, and it's important as well not to, not to do everything because other people might judge us. But if you've got a few people in your life who support you and what you truly, truly want and talk you up and are really supportive so that you can talk things through with them and you don't sort of get swayed necessarily one way or another but you get a chance to um to talk to them for them to hold space for you that is so important those people can really help you make your decision by just holding that space and letting you talk and letting you be your genuine self um another thing with 
feeling stuck, you know, is, is the not taking action. <laughs> um, as I said, that first year in Qatar, I was really miserable and I did nothing about it apart from keep turning up to the job that made me really miserable and moaning about it. And yeah, I, I could have... I could have had a very different experience if after a term or two I'd, I'd made a different decision. Or I could have come to a point, I think, of acceptance if I'd laid out all my options, literally got a big pad of paper out and written it all out and then made a decision based on what I had. And the situation might have remained the same. I might have, like I said, because of uh, you know the, the system, not changed anything but I think that would have perhaps brought me to a point of acceptance sooner but when I feel stuck it brings up this sort of scared feeling in me and I can't write things down very easily because it feels like too much commitment to um to the to uncertain ideas does that make sense I feel quite scared to write it down and see it in black and white in front of me because I might not like what it says but the reality is I don't like the situation I'm in either so it will be helpful to write things down, to, like I say, properly assess all the options, even if that then gets put to one side, okay, this is the best situation, then I'll, I'll know that because I've worked through it properly. And I don't do that. Um, I, I make a lot of assumptions as well. I, I think a lot about all of the, oh, I can't stories. The system is there, so that's just what it is, without, as I say, writing it down doing the research putting it together properly um, when I'm in that stuck place I I make a lot of assumptions and a lot of I'll go on what people have said oh well in my experience or I know someone who who did this and it it, it didn't work or they tried to and it's just not an option um, my my mindset in that in that stuck place is it's just not possible if it's not possible for them it's not possible for me um, but what we need to do in that stuck place is take ownership, like I say, and I think that that's what, particularly with the Qatar situation, if I would taken more ownership and said, okay, these are my choices, and I don't like the result of all of these choices, um, I can I can change that by focusing more on the positives and planning more you know we like I said we did do some really nice lovely things while we were there but I I think I was so stuck in I hate it and I've got to save most of my money and and I, I let myself be extra miserable through not taking that ownership I had no idea by the way as well back then um, about what these limiting beliefs stories are and it's such a powerful thing once you begin to notice it. So if I noticed that, you know, those thought patterns that were coming up time and time again of, I can't do this because there's just no way and I just have to carry on with it. I'm always gonna be miserable because, because those, those things, you know, were like playing over and over again. The idea that limiting beliefs kind of, without our conscious knowledge just sort of play in the background they're like a, a recording that's been laid down subconsciously and it's said that we are most open to sort of having those programmed in up to the age of seven so to be really careful with what we you know say and how we behave with young children because they lay down all that we um, give them and teach them and show them and model for them as their background track 
and that will subconsciously play out through their lives. Um, and a lot of mine, um, whether I, I don't, I, whether or not this was laid down like that for me um, as a kid, I don't know. But I know now that my my natural sort of limiting belief stories that come up are about me not being capable of certain things. So now I'm wise to them. Yeah, they're still a challenge. They're still there. But knowing about them, and I can spot them as soon as they come up sometimes and be like, aha, right, it's you again, is it? Okay, right, well, where's the proof? Actually, I'm older, I'm wiser, I've got more skills, I'm more willing to ask for help. And all of those things, like I said, getting support from the right people is flipping mind, like life-changing. And it doesn't have to be paid help necessarily. It doesn't have to be that you're going to get a coach or a a counsellor or whoever. You can just be talking to your friend who gets it, who gets you, who you can talk to without holding back parts of yourself so that they can truly, yeah, like help you talk things through to make the right decision for you but noticing those limiting beliefs is is the start of so much of this to be honest if we don't know that they're there and don't see them as that and they keep on playing then they really can run the show so easily um i think as well and when we lift ourselves out of that being stuck and we start to notice those stories so we started to take ownership we started to notice that those limits exist because we are telling ourselves time and time again, then it's about taking small action to do the research, make a decision, do the first step of whatever it is that starts to lift us out of that. So yeah, if if you are stuck in a job that you hate, then notice what you're telling yourself about that. Are you just letting it happen like I was in Qatar? If you are, okay, that's not a great situation, but no judgment. A lot of us have done that and judgment's not gonna help you. It's just gonna add to your stories. So what stories are you telling yourself about that? What have you told yourself about what you're capable of and what you're not capable of, what it'll cost to retrain, what you can and can't afford? what you've got the capability for, the energy for, whatever it is. And have a little think, is all of that absolutely true? Have you made some of that up? Do you actually know what it would cost to retrain or how long it would take? Or is that all, some of that based on assumption? The most powerful stories I think are the ones that are partly based on truth because there's that little lazy part of our brain where if the inner critic says, you'll never do this, you're not good enough, and the, and the old story is like, well, you know, remember that time when you did fail something, you know, you tried and you didn't manage it, you failed that course. But that was 10 years ago. And like I say, you're older and you're wiser, you've got better people around you. It was just 10 years ago, you know, just, just that alone. Just because you didn't do something once doesn't mean you're not going to be able to achieve even something similar to it now with different strategies. You know, if we show up and do it exactly the same, maybe we'd run into the same problems. Um, But every experience you have in life has brought you to this point and you've learned so much along the way, even if you don't see it like that now, even if you don't realise. It took me quite a long time to to really see that some of my most difficult experiences, you know, when I was 
in law and in teaching there's some of the things that I hated and you know would just like shudder to think back on some, some horrible people I met along the way have taught me the most and I still find it hard to kind of accept that to be honest because I I don't want to be appreciative appreciative um in, of those people but actually it makes sense that I am because they taught me more they've made me who I am um they their actions mean that <laughs> I would I would behave completely differently in a situation like that now I know my worth I would walk out on day one I wouldn't spend years um in a law firm like that again or in a school like that again I just wouldn't even if it meant um yeah moving to a different continent from my husband I, I just wouldn't so none of these things are wasted um learning about ourselves is so powerful I, I always say that it's one of the best things we can do is know more about what what drives us what works for us what we need more of then when we pay attention to that then you know we can really create the habits and the routines that that serve us and help us move towards the goals that we have for our lives which of course are going to be different to other people's priorities and that's what I've built the Get Unstuck Club around um, the idea that you need certain things including getting clarity on what it is you want um, dealing with those mindset challenges and then creating routines and habits and planning systems that work for you um, to create the momentum the consistent action to get you towards where you want to be so I've created it as a group coaching program um, because I know that the price commitment of one-to-one can be off-putting so it's it's intended to be a much more accessible um, sort of price point it's only 444 pounds for eight weeks of coaching um, through video trainings pre-recorded so you can watch them at your leisure a live question and answer session every week um, which again will be recorded so you can watch when it suits you and then um, exercises to actually put the video trainings into action and um, implement it in your life because I'm sure we're all guilty of this we read the books and we listen to the podcasts and we even like you do the free courses and webinars but until we put things into action it isn't going to make any difference in our lives so that's the most important part plus um also really important there's um going to be a facebook community full of incredible supportive women so like when i was talking about finding the right people to talk things through with when you have that um you make better decisions because <laughs> you know people encourage you to do what's right for you and that's the best decision of all so yeah it's going to be fantastic there's a payment plan as well um break it down with two payments and if you want more information, have a look on my website, rosalynoxa.com forward slash club. And yeah, come and ask me some more questions if you if you want to know more about it. Next episode, I'm going to be talking about um, making decisions about the change you want to make and then keeping going when you feel like giving up. That is super important as well. Um, but also, yeah, come and find me on Instagram. I am at Coaching. And we can have a chat about anything from today's episode. Give me a tag um, and post in your story if you've listened and you found it useful. And I will see you again next week with our next episode. Thanks so much for listening. 
thanks so much for listening today my lovelies if you found the episode useful then please share it with somebody else who you think would also benefit and give us a review and a rating over on itunes